Most podcast hosts think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I know you all love listening to me because I'm the greatest podcaster on the history of the planet. Our podcast hosts are down to earth, everyday, normal people. Let's just turn on the microphone and record. F*** it. TMS Studios. It's what you want. This is the Tie-Dye Sunrise, James Johnson, and you are listening to SWN, the grooviest wrestling network ever. Stovall Wrestling Network. Okay, let's do this fucking shit. What's up, everyone? It's me, Caleb Stovall, here with another edition of the Stovall Wrestling Network, the SWN podcast exclusively here on TMB. Studios, what is going on, everyone? I, of course, am your host, Caleb Stovall. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of what is going to be an awesome, exciting, maybe controversial podcast of, uh, or episode, I should say, of the SWN podcast. But again, thank you so much for joining me. I know that things you know, seem like they're getting open one minute and then it's closing back down. Uh, you know, the next and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. So hopefully I can provide you, like I say a lot on this show, with a distraction. Like it is really the deal with anyone who puts out entertainment there. It's to provide a distraction for you to get lost in the moment, as they say, and whatnot and stuff like that. And then speaking of being lost all of the time, I have to bring him in. He is the co-host of the Snowball Wrestling <laughs> Network, and he is Mr. TMB Studios. He is the one and only Chris Mother Effin Dickens. You know, if I'm the one that's lost all the time, you're the one that's following me, so wouldn't that make you a lost loser, too? No, I actually go for it. Yeah, right behind me, so that doesn't <laughs> No, it does not, because you nope. bear off into the path, and you, you bear off the cliff, and I go straight up the hill. And then right off the next cliff, okay? So he follows suit. No, no. Because he's on my network, I'll say that, and he can just agree with it, or else he can, you know, find his way somewhere else. Maybe, uh, you know, WWAX Productions is uh, looking for somebody. Did I ever tell you that TMB Studios is actually a really good studio and <laughs> everything like that? You know, I will still not talk nice about you, but TMB Studios is, is a great place to check out all of your podcasts, blah, 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 fuck you. <laughs> and TMB Studios offer some great social distancing entertainment. We at least stay six feet away from you when you listen to us on your speakers. Anyway, <laughs> what's up, SWN, Fan Nation, Caleb Stovall, it's Chris Dickens in the house, and we are definitely, definitely... Definitely live with the Stovall Wrestling Network. And in case you're wondering if you hear what sounds like thunder, rain, it is raining outside of TMB Studios, but that's okay. Thunder Don't ever, 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 I know. night goes cold on sleepless night. <laughs> he's really pushing the envelope of trying to get a music podcast, but by singing that, he's not going to have it happen. <laughs> Stick to what you know, wrestling and Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, folks, he does know he does know music too, just not country. I was actually singing the cover version of it. All that remains, fuck you. Ah, okay. So there we go. But 
didn't sound like all that remains. It's, well, it's, it's, it's I mean, that, it's that's still all that remains of his it's musical talent. It's still a talent. conference, but it's all that remains. I'm not getting yeah. into it. Finish your fucking stick. Yeah, you're correct. And it was the version of all that remains. All that remains of your musical talent. <laughs> Finish your fucking stick. <laughs> Anyway, folks, we're here to talk about some pro wrestling, and we got a whole lot to talk about this week. Good God, do we have a whole lot to talk about this week. There is so much going on in the pro wrestling world that even my mind couldn't handle everything that happened. I am forgetting names of wrestlers now. How did that tell you? That something goes in one side of my brain, and something else gets shot out of the other. Hopefully it's the stuff that really doesn't matter. Because some of it was really dumb, but there was a whole lot to talk about. Wouldn't you agree? But enough about your life. Whoa! <laughs> anyway, he zings and I zang. Next week, folks, we'll have a brand new host. SWN, the Survivor of Pain Wrestling Network. <laughs> well, then Hulk doesn't smash. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. And I love you, Bill. <laughs> I love you, Bill. Yes, it, there's so much going on. Uh, I I generally was very surprised at this past weekend as to how much was going on and then how much was going on throughout the week as well. There's so much rumors. There's so much, you know, news breaking. So, what's, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it, Chris. Let's talk about Pro Mother Effin. And, yes, there is so much going on in the world of professional wrestling. There was a lot of positives that happened. We're going to talk about everything that happened at Slammiversary, because I want to have a discussion about that, obviously. Yes. But, we're going to have to start off, folks, with, um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly where this is going to go exactly, but let's just say that, uh... Yeah, your ear, your your speakers might bust at this point <laughs> wherever you're listening to this because Chris, I said I was going to watch it. I was going to watch the horror show at Extreme Rules, yes. which is what it was called in full. So I said I was going to watch this because I wanted to see how absurd or what they were going to do, because I was generally curious. All right. Maybe not in a good way. Well, I found out. So, alright, so I will talk about the one good thing that happened on this show real quick. Which was the intro. The intro was amazing. The intro video package, someone deserves an Academy Award for that. As to how good that editing was and, and, and everything like that. Um, so, that was the only good part. The next part was a tables matchup, and that one was okay, except, Chris, why can they not see money in Nakamura? Why is he... Look, I, and for that matter, Cesaro. Why can they not see that people like these guys, and they want to see them just not in a tag match? Nakamura doesn't need to tag with anybody. No, he doesn't. And I think that's the biggest thing is Nakamura is not a product of WWE. Nakamura is a product of New Japan. What? And and they've always had an issue with Cesaro. If you go back and listen to uh, the Steve Austin show when he interviewed Vince and they were talking about well, Cesaro. Well, he's not 
connecting to the audience and everything like that. Have you given him a chance to connect to the audience? What does that mean in your view? Because when I see him, he gets nothing but reactions. Yeah. He gets reactions from the superhuman strength that he can clearly do. He gets reactions from all of the moves he comes up with. And he gets a reaction going to the ring. In my mind, that's connectivity. It might not be on a level of Hulk Hogan or anything like that. But maybe that's not where he's supposed to go. Maybe he's supposed to do something else. Yeah. But yet, you just you have him in these meaningless things, it seems like. Vince McMahon has a mental block. When he has his mind set on somebody else, he blocks everybody else out. Well, And his mind right now is still on Roman Reigns, regardless of what anybody thinks. His mind's still on Roman. He wants Roman. So, well, that's ridiculous. Because clearly that experiment has failed. You pushed him down our throats too fast. Now, is Roman good? Yes. All right? You know, fuck you all who don't think so. He's good. It's just not in that role. Yeah. That's not where he should have been. He should have been the... He should have been... He should have been the villain. And he would have gotten over a lot better because he would have been able to be himself and everything like that. That's what he should have done. And that's a different story, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But again, I just... I see Nakamura there and it just... It makes me so sad because it's just like, dude, this guy at one point put... Here's, here's, the, here's how I say he's money. He brought... He was one of the reasons... That New Japan got popular. It was because of the Bullet Club, AJ Styles, even Prince Devitt even kind of making a dent in that and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yes, those guys were making it popular, but it was also because people then saw Okada, and then they saw Nakamura, and they went, wait, what the fuck is that? Like, this guy's big. And then really his introduction to the United States was through Ring of Honor. Yeah. And remember, any shows that he was booked on and that was advertised for, it didn't matter who the fuck he was wrestling. It was sold out. Even for Ring of Honor, who can't sell flies right now. Mm. And that's what, I mean, you know, no one can at this point, obviously. No. But even before that, you know, like, he was able to sell out, you know, places. And then he helped get an entire company over to America, and he was Japanese. He was just Japanese as they come. He never spoke one word of English anytime you saw him. I mean, he doesn't right now, but that's because, I mean, you know, he speaks broken English, obviously, and he speaks enough to communicate to his opponents and stuff like that. But, you know, he never really cut a American promo, even for New Japan or anything like that. He always did his own thing, and yet he was able to be he, to become a big superstar before he even came into the WWE. Yeah. So why would you not see that and be like, okay, well that's a proven success. Amplify that with our major production and our television distribution. Well, then we've got a star on our hands. Well, see, they, they did that with NXT. It's just whenever he got the, the, the main roster, it's not a Vince McMahon oh, creation. No, but... but who cares? Vince does, apparently. You can claim credit for it, then! If it gets popular, you'd be like, well, you got popular on my network. This is very true. <laughs> it so it is way. his creation, still. Like, it, he can claim it. It doesn't matter. It, what matters is that you made money off this guy, and this guy made money off you. 
It, you know, clearly it can't be the same way, but that's a different story. I could go on and on about Nakamura and everything like that. But this one was okay. I liked yeah. it. it. It was good. Um, then next we had Bailey and Nikki Cross. Um, I love the Bailey Hill turn. I, I, I do. Yeah. I, I love it. Every time she comes out, she has her character down. She's cocky. I love it. I'm just like, I, this is what she's needed to do for a long time and everything like that. Um, and this matchup was okay and stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm not really going to critique it anyways. Okay. Then... This is where the absurdness is taken to a level I, I have dare not yet to speak of. We have the, I guess, anticipated, I don't know what you really say, eye for an eye match with two of the best workers in this business. I don't think there's anyone that can deny that. Um... We have Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio, who at this point will become a Hall of Famer in the wrestling, you know, uh, category and in the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll he'll get it from both ends because he helped revolutionize the entire industry um, and stuff like that. And you know, he and Eddie and obviously. Mm -hmm. And so we have two of the and. Seth Rollins, while he gets a lot of shit for people, still no one can deny his work ethic, no. the type of, the quality of matches he puts on. You know, you can say what you want to about his promos. To me, that's not really his fault. You know, if you would just let him be himself, he probably would do very good for you at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's one thing. And I actually hear it. I hear from the announcer who was not there <laughs> actually say over the PA in order to win this match you have to extract your opponent's eyeball I'm sitting there just like oh my god the package for it the, this build up for it I, I just I don't know what to say on, on any of it and so they're doing the matchup and everything like that. And then what happens? The same exact spot that injured his eye in the first place. They do again. And supposedly, Seth Rollins pushes Rey Mysterio's eye so far into it. I guess it popped out enough. And it said his eyes out. The referee didn't even see it from a far distance that he said his eye is out. But okay. Then Dominic runs down, covers up his eye. And by the way, at this point, folks, all this is is Rey Mysterio with his hand over his eye. No blood gushing out anywhere. No blood dripping down his face. No nothing. It's just his hand. And him screaming. In agony. Oh God. It reminded me of. Please stay. Take it easy. You're supposed to be my friend. 
Dave, Dave, they're gonna make me try to take out my own eyeball on television. Ah! And then, then, the guy that wins the match, who is supposed to be the Monday Night Messiah, and actually wanted to do this, goes over and vomits. Please, WWE writers, Vince McMahon, I don't know who, but please answer me this one question. Why do you want your own superstars to look like idiots? Why? Why do you insist on insulting the intelligence of the audience like this? There are times where wrestling fans are scrutinized to the bone. We're scrutinized because we like this so-called this so fake stuff. And then we try to defend it and everything like that. I've tried to defend wrestling for years. But when you do stupid bullshit like this... I can no longer defend it. I can't make this sound normal to anyone. Not my mother, who saw Facebook post of this and actually called me to ask me about this. Wow. I don't understand why anyone, I don't understand how Bruce Pritchard, Triple H, Stephanie, Shane, whoever the hell is at the writing staff, why anyone thought this was a good idea? But wait, it doesn't stop there. Let's continue on with the absurdness. Let's have us do a medical report from someone who is not a medical expert. Doesn't know anything. It's like when the NFL people are doing the NFL analysis and then a weather report happens. They all of a sudden become weather meteorologists. It doesn't work that way. But let's have someone who has no medical experience stand outside the door and give me the most ridiculous, the most far-fetched, the most absurd medical report. Dr. Oz couldn't have come up with this. They couldn't have come up with this on Maury. They couldn't have done it. And yet... You expect people to believe, well, if the severed nerve is not attacked, or is not disattached, uh, or whatever the fuck they said, then they can save the eye. Because we can't actually have Rey Mysterio walking around for the rest of his life selling an eye injury like that. Why? 
What? Why? Impact Wrestling hasn't even done anything that absurd. Now you could say Lucha Underground, well they had people killing people. That was outside the ring. It didn't actually happen inside the ring. And that was just good television. This, I don't know what this is. I don't know why this is. The next time, WWE, the next time you want to do this type of absurdness, you want to take it to this level, do me a favor. When you have the budget cuts next time, don't fire the talent that is clearly good enough to work in this industry. Don't fire, don't take it out on the wrestlers. Because they can't make sense of this shit. Don't take it out on them. Look at your writing staff. And then look at your ratings. Look at what everyone is saying and realize that it is not the talent. You had two of the best workers on any given night. That is a pay-per-view worthy match in and of itself is Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. But not with a ridiculous stipulation such as extract your opponent's fucking eyeball. The next time you have a thought like that, fire your writing staff, and then go out and hire James Caleb Kitchens, or myself, or Chris Wiggins, or Joshua Hancock, or the people at Lucha Underground, or MLW, because clearly, they know how to run a wrestling show. You don't anymore. You might have back in the day. No one can deny that. But you have clearly lost all senses of your audience. There's no way to defend this. You cannot tell me this was a good idea. And here's the even worse part. These guys were not in a big enough blood-filled feud to even warrant that kind of ridiculous statement. Or match idea, whatever. And that's all I have to say about I-4 and I. Wow. I'm upset you didn't include me in the writing staff. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I, I, I would have, Chris. I, there I were too many Chris's already, right? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me let me just throw uh, my two cents in, since you've, uh, I, I can't raise my voice as high as decibels as you did. Um, but I, I didn't watch the first few parts of the pay-per-view, I did come in on I-4 and I. And let's, let me just put it this way. When you have your mother who watches this and your nephew who watches this, and their first thoughts are, this really happened. And being someone from the wrestling business, having to sit there and break down the absurdness just to prove to them that this was entirely bullshit. 
For example, okay, we, we all know the secrets. Rey Mysterio, when his face went up against the steps, he put his thumb in front of his eye. You can clearly see it. Yeah, There's, the steps are actually big enough where he could have just pushed away. Exactly. And then, the, the, the crying. No, Seth. Please, no. Ah! That, yeah, good acting. Rey Mysterio's a good actor. He's a good wrestler. They can make that happen. They can seem he that can way. Sell. I'm but not saying anything bad about here's, him selling. Yeah, here's the thing, How though. do you sell that, You though? don't sell that. But here's the thing. If his eye would have been pushed into the steps, number one, we would have saw immediately bodily fluid, blood, whatever, gush out onto the step. We would have saw it pouring down his hand. And for that matter, if Seth Rollins got so sick by seeing this that he threw up, I don't think it just would have been Colonel Torn. I don't care what it it's was. Just, it, it was a stupid idea to begin with, and it's going to go down in infamy as the dumbest thing that WWE has ever done. This is going to beat the Gobbledygooker. This is going to beat WCW Shockmaster. This is going to be the most absurd thing, and the sad thing about it is, yes, two great talents. Two great talents, a Hall of Famer and a future Hall of Famer, their names are going to be synonymous with this for the rest of their careers. Yeah. You just ruined two wrestlers' careers because you're entertaining. What would have been better is if you would have done this in a cinematic fashion and literally had the budget to I make that happen. Thought it was. Like, I, I thought, well, this has got to be a cinematic-type match or some shit like that. It would have worked a lot we'll better. That, obviously. It would have worked a lot better as a cinematic, but no. You had to produce it like this. Well, here's again my thought. We shouldn't even be debating on what they should have done to make this work. It should never have happened. You should have never booked it. I don't know who thought of it, but you should never work in this business again. My thoughts are running to McMahon because every time Bruce Pritchard talked about bodily fluid ejecting, it was Vince McMahon's idea. So obviously somewhere in that sense, Vince thought that was, hey, what if he pulls his eye out? <laughs> I, dude, I don't know. I can't. There's nothing to defend. Like, and Vince Russo blames Stephanie McMahon for the ruining of WWE. You know what's bad right now is that his shit looks good compared to a lot of this shit. Yeah. Now I'll throw this up there with the Human Torch bullshit, that that '70s guy fat chick thriller and shit like that. I'll throw that up there against. You know, with this as well, but this just—I—I I just wrestling. I should never on the internet see that there was an actual match that was named for this and shit like that. It just—it was so fucking stupid. And look, if you like the history of WWE, that's fine. I'm not gonna bash their history or anything. I get that they don't really want to be. Wrestling, which then again, why are you doing a wrestling show is, you know, another story. But that's fine. I don't mind the entertainment aspect. It makes it good sometimes. But when you have stupid shit, like, how are you going to justify that in an arena? Especially, let's, let's just say, for instance, that Extreme Rules was booked in Philadelphia. Do you think the Philadelphia fans would accept that fuck shit? 
not a snowball's chance in hell. They would have been booed out of the building. They would have murdered. been booed out the building. They thought Mabel being crowned King of the Ring was bad in Philadelphia. This would make that look like a cakewalk if they had tried this. Most definitely. But then you would think that the absurdness would stop. No. Then we have a really good match between Asuka and um, Sasha, Banks. Sasha Banks, obviously. Thank you. And it was a good match. Then, out of nowhere, Bailey throws her championship belt in the ring at least four times. And then the ref tries to get into her face, then gets sprayed with the mist, and then she proceeds to rip off his referee's shirt, put it on, and count the pinfall. Chris, what the fuck? I couldn't tell you. I mean, we've seen in the past where, like, you know, Steve Austin had the rules with uh, Do Love. Vince McMahon was the referee, got knocked out, and Austin took his hand and counted the three. That would have worked. But no, to take the ref shirt off and then count the three and make it seem like that was the end of the match? Or just they could have done the distraction and then he counts the three. Yeah. And then they steal it. I mean... What, wasn't there this thing called SIMPLE? Instead, you had about four screwy finishes in one. It was worse than a WCW finish. And Eric Bischoff himself will tell you that they had bad finishes. Yeah. In WCW. But this was... I, I just... I don't understand... How they can't just do simple shit. The reason that NXT was working, and I emphasize the was, was because it had simple booking. Simple booking with simple psychology. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. It was the easiest thing to follow. People could get behind it. It was a simple concept, and it worked. But when you get to the main roster, I don't know how a normal human being functions or functions like that. Again, it just it makes everyone look so ridiculous. It makes this product look ridiculous. And I just I don't understand what they're not seeing. Clearly, there is a problem with the writing staff. Clearly, there is a disconnect between the writing staff and the wrestlers. Well, there's also a disconnect between the writing staff, the wrestlers, and Vince McMahon himself. Well, the, yes. Clearly, this XFL thing is affecting him more than they realize. Because he's just lost his fucking mind at this point. Alright? And I'll sit here and, and praise him till the day I die. He is one of the most geniuses in... Well, he is a genius in wrestling. He's an absolute genius. 
He took a company and made it a worldwide promotion, and now it's almost like Walt Disney. Good for him. But there's got to be better ways to do this shit. Yeah. Because it's clearly not fucking working. And look, do they have good stuff? Yes. Again, I like the Bailey Hill turn. I like some of what's going on in NXT, but even that's getting convoluted at times. The other week, and I'm not sure if I even remember if I mentioned this on last week's program. The other week, they actually had on Fox, mind you, Fox 54, where you get a far bigger viewership than USA. And you get a far bigger viewership than anything. On Fox, they had a women's karaoke. Karaoke in the middle of the ring. Every Raw starts off the exact same. A 20-minute long promo from whoever. It doesn't even matter who at this point. Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, Stephanie, Triple H. All starts the exact fucking same way. Hey, here's a thought. Why not just start, Chris, the night off with, oh, I don't know, this thing called a wrestling match between two. That doesn't work for you? A tag team. Give me a six-man tag. Hell, give me a ten-man tag at that point. But I... And look, I understand. There's got to be people on here that love the WWE till the day they die. Okay, fine. I get it. But what you people don't realize is that as long as there is one promotion and the only closest one that has ever come to that since WCW, obviously, is AEW. There's nowhere else to go. And when there's nowhere else to go, folks, you will continue to get bullshit storylines like this. Because they don't care. They clearly don't. It's either that, it's either a couple of things, okay? It is for the fact that, obviously, the writing staff right now cannot figure out what to do without Becky Lynch. Because ever since she went away, the women's division is not as enjoyable right now. They clearly don't know who to push at times. And they're just making shit up as they go along. And listen, I understand it's the wrestling business. A lot of the times, you have to scrap whatever you do. Okay, I get it. I've seen it done firsthand. But I've seen it done better than this bullshit! Is the no crowd really that big of a deal? That it has affected you so much that you... That you're just now just like, oh, well, since we have no crowd, well, we can just do whatever the fuck we want to do. And think that the people will buy it, but clearly, we're not. And it reflects in your ratings. It reflects 
clearly in your ratings. But you want to blame the talent for not quote-unquote getting it over. You cannot get over something that is not that is not possible. It's like a bad movie script. And I've made this I've made this you know statement before on here. I have said that the problem with WWE right now is that it's not only bad wrestling, it's bad television. It's worse than Maury. It's worse than the judge shows. But those get views. I don't I don't understand it. Clearly you cannot figure out what to do without Becky Lynch, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, or Ronda Rousey, or Ronda Rousey, or Charlotte for that matter. They can't figure out what to do in the women's division on the main roster without Charlotte because she's on NXT right now. And that's because we're so competitive that we have to destroy the wrestling business so that we can continue to push this bullshit. It's ridiculous. That's why I fucking forever hate COVID-19 for disrupting the momentum of the NWA, of MLW, of Impact Wrestling, and All Elite Wrestling, and New Japan, and for that matter, ROH, because the wrestling fans clearly are sick and tired of this bullshit. Yeah. There was not one wrestling fan out there that could defend this. Not one. And there's usually a lot of people that can defend WWE's bullshit. Because they, I don't know, I, I don't get the, the hotness for them, I guess, but... They, they couldn't even defend this. There was nothing. And again, I'm sorry if I fucking turned you off forever because I hate WWE right now, but I hate what they are putting out there. Let's just put it like this, folks. When SWN was started, Caleb Stovall came to me and made it perfectly clear he wanted to cover pro wrestling, whether that be good or bad. Right now, this is pretty fucking bad. It's terrible. But, the only other thing that's out there is Impact Wrestling and All Elite. And I'm going to talk about Impact Wrestling because they clearly, and if you even try to debate me on it, I will call you a fucking moron to your face. They clearly won the weekend. They won on Slammiversary. And kudos to them. Even without, even without a fake crowd there. They still won the weekend. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about that. But, oh my god, we're still not done with the absurdness. 
Then we have Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. That was okay. You know, these two guys can work. Um, they had to have this whole gimmick as well. I just, I, I mean, I don't even really want to comment can, can on I, it. Can I at least say one thing about this? Okay. Just in general, because I, I actually came, I, I left the room after the I-49 match. I come back for this. And I was wondering about the stipulations of the match. And I, I, I hear this familiar stipulation that, you know, a lot of us down here in the CSRA had already used back in 2009. Never saw it on WWE until now. The stipulation is Dolph Ziggler can get away with everything. He has no disqualifications, no countouts. But, but Drew McIntyre has to go by regulation rules. That's been done before down here in Independence, and it's never been seen on WWE, so thank you all for fucking ripping people off. Well, whatever, you've done at least for years. it made more sense than I for and I. And I agree with that, and I did like the finish of, you know, Drew kipping up and hitting him with the Claymore kick. That actually was pretty impressive for the most part, but I'll let you get back to talking about the absurdness. I'm sorry, I just had to put that uh, no, out there. I, I understand. You know, it's cool. But, um, then we go to the much-anticipated Swamp Fight, which is advertised as a wrestling match. And what... Alright, so... I love this, and I'm still as confused as when I, as when I, uh, exited. But... I thought this was for the WWE Championship. Or was it not because it was a cinematic match? I don't know. I don't understand it, but... Ever since the success of The Last Ride and the Firefly um, Funhouse match... You know, WWE obviously has a hard-on now for cinematic matches. And I think pretty much every single pay-per-view, we've had a cinematic-style presentation at some point. Yeah. Uh, ever since WrestleMania. Um, and you and I are going to talk about this a little bit later on. But the amount of like stuff that was in this shit was ridiculous. Yeah. They actually had the lights turn off in a swamp. And Bray Wyatt disappears, and then, you know, they fight and whatnot, and he manages to chain Braun Strowman up, and they sat there talking for what seemed like, you know, ten minutes or so. And then he breaks up and, you know, beats up random-ass people in the swamp, I guess, and I didn't even get that. I was like, I was like, I would have laughed so hard had Luke Harper fucking shown up there and he's just like what I'm just doing this one off I'm the I'm the exalted one <laughs> like that'd have been funny who the fuck is Griff Garrison <laughs> if he had done if he had showed up and just said who the fuck is Griff Garrison I I would have lost my shit that would have been the the greatest thing ever but then they light someone on fire and then they battle over to the dock and shit like that and at the at this point, it's not a wrestling match. 
No. Like, what is the point of this? What story? Here's my question. What story are we furthering? Are we furthering the eater of worlds trying to destroy what he created? Blah, blah, blah. And, of course, the fiend pops up at the end and shit like that. And well, they're not only that, but they used... They had a Sister Abigail moment with Alexa Bliss. Yeah, and a lot of people were asking if she was Sister Abigail. It's because of their tag team, Little Big, and there actually was a rumor, which wasn't a rumor. They actually were dating at one point. Mm -hmm. um, they're obviously not anymore. But that's whatever. So, you know, they kind of just brought that in, I guess. Yeah, and it still just threw people off. Like, what the fuck? Why? What well, was the point? It did. Because it was like... And, and, and even at the end, what the fuck was the point with the Fiend? Fiend pops up, laughs, in the pay-per-view. I don't know. Is, Why? Is Braun Strowman dead? I mean, I mean apparently you throw someone off the building in wrestling, it doesn't kill them. You detach someone's eyeball, quotation marks, they just make up some bullshit medical term. So, what? Is he dead? I, I don't... I don't know. I, it was alright for what it was. Um, I applaud them with, you know, the cinematic stuff, I guess. But, I agree with Cornette. It's not wrestling. No. At that point, you're watching a movie. Which is what WWE wants it to be. They want to get as far away from wrestling as possible and just be that. Then it why have a wrestling promotion? That's what they, I've never understood that mindset. Well, if you want to be as far away from wrestling as possible, then why the fuck do you have wrestling? Even if it takes place in the ring, guess what it is? It's wrestling. Yes, yes. That's exactly what it is. However, if it takes place in a swamp, guess what that isn't? Not wrestling. Now, you can Fight. have falls count anywhere. I get that. You can have brawls break out. That's fine. And I don't mind the entertainment aspect of it. When it's done right. But I don't even know what the title means at this point. I didn't even see the championship around his waist. I forgot that he was the champion. I just... I don't understand it. Apparently, he was the day. I, I... I don't know. But I'm done talking about Extreme Rules. I think I've said what I needed to say about it. You can agree with me. You can call me psycho, whatever. And, and, and by the way, you know, you might say, well, Caleb, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Trust me! I'm not watching. I haven't watched Raw in over two years. I have not watched SmackDown. I didn't even watch SmackDown when I worked there. And that was my job. Was to put it on the air for Master Control. And I still didn't pay attention to that shit. By the way, I have another job, so... That, that's neither here nor there. But, <laughs> I, I haven't paid attention. Is there good stuff in NXT? Yes. I love Adam Cole. 
I'm not even going to do his catchphrase. I like Adam Cole. I love the Undisputed Era. I love Champa. I love Killer Cross. Scarlet. Scarlet. Uh, anyways, back on track. Back. I like that. I do not like what they're doing on Monday nights and Fridays and whatever other day. I don't like it. It's not good. It's not, it's not only bad wrestling, it's bad television. And if you want to continue to have that, well then please, keep wishing death upon AEW. Keep wishing death upon Impact Wrestling, New Japan. Keep telling them that their stars have to have to go to WWE because it's the only place to make money and that's the only place that you'll ever get your face on television when clearly that's not the case anymore. Please don't support the independents because you clearly don't care about that. You would rather see that. And if that's what you want, well then fine. Have at it. But as for the rest of us that actually want to see the product that we enjoyed as kids, to see the toughness, the grittiness, the the non-flashiness at times of wrestling, the good stories, the good characters, the stories that make sense, then please support the other places and do not support WWE. Because it's terrible. And until they can find someone there that actually knows what they're doing, they will continue to be terrible. Hell, as long as Vince McMahon is the only game in town, they will continue to put out this. You might get one good time of WWE throughout the year. We all know what that year is. Or we all know what that time of the month is. Mm -hmm. It's April. WrestleMania. We all love WrestleMania. I will never knock WrestleMania. Even though it has bullshit, you know, stuff at times. But I will never knock WrestleMania because I love WrestleMania. I love the weekend it draws. It's amazing. But that's the only good time that you see WWE. Other than that, nothing. So if you want to continue to be disappointed and hear me rant about it, then please keep dogging every single promotion that's out there. And look, I get that there there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that's not very pleasant these days. I get that. And I'm not saying that that doesn't need to be cleaned up. That obviously needs to be cleaned up. But that's a different story. But as far as places where people need to work, be able to actually showcase what they can do in an intelligent sort of way that does not show that they are idiots, that doesn't show them as a fucking circus act, then there needs to be other places. One of them is Impact Wrestling, and we're going to talk about Impact Wrestling coming up next. This has been the most controversial segment, obviously, in WSN history. And I could not care less. Had to say it. Had to be done. But we'll be right back. On the Stovall Wrestling Network. It's SWN. Can you feel that? Can you 
feel that? Chatter City. Ladies and gentlemen, Chatter City is wound up. We are back. We have been absolutely on fire and ready to lay down some heated, maybe some controversial, and really good statements. Now, Forks is back. We'll get into it. Until then, thanks for tuning in. Take care. Please stay safe. And also, have a blessed rest of your day. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoneball Wrestling Network, on TMB Studios. Alright, we are back here on the Stoneball Wrestling Network, the SWN podcast. Now, I started off kind of tense, you know, maybe on the first <laughs> part of this. A little tense? Kind of tense? Okay, anyway. I think you ruptured the Richter scale. I might have. But, anyways, uh, yeah. Now let's talk about some actual fun stuff that happened in wrestling over the weekend. Uh, and stuff like that. The promotion that clearly won the weekend uh, on Saturday, which was Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. I never thought I would hear myself say that in a, in a while, but... They had a lot of debuts, and we knew that they were going to have debuts, or, you know, people coming back, I should say, and we just didn't know all who. We knew some that, that we knew for sure, or that we probably could have guessed, at least. Yeah, well, they had a lot of viral video packages going out over the course of the couple of weeks leading up to the anniversary. They really did. And they had a lot of stuff going on. They didn't leave nothing to the imagination. I mean, they showed images of nearly every single person who they viewed on Slammiversary. Yeah, and we'll get into that in here in just a minute. I can't really go over the card. Um, I haven't been able to watch it on fight. I will be able to watch it this week, so I'll have more of a perspective on next episode, basically. Um, But I did watch the aftermath of it on uh, Not Access TV. They actually uh, tweeted this well. They tweeted it, they Facebooked it, uh, and everything like that. They Facebook or they posted that there was over like twenty five thousand people watching on Twitch, which where, is insane. Yeah, like I, I think, or it was it's either twenty five thousand or twenty five hundred. I guess either way it goes. They were also trending worldwide on Twitter. Yeah, they were. They, they were. They were. They were. Um, they were doing that because a lot of the debuts they had, nobody expected. Um, especially my favorite one, the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, that one came out of left field. That really did. And it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, and it was funny because, like, I believe in an interview or something like that recently, Alex Shelley kind of was just like, you know, yeah, me and Saban haven't talked in a while or something like that. Like, they made it seem like, no, there's no way in hell that we're going to get a Motor City Machine Gun reunion or something like that. And maybe that's because some people were starting to get on to them. Yeah. And thought maybe they might be showing up or something like that. Which, I don't know. There wasn't much hint to them or anything. No, like there that, wasn't. So. But, but I am glad to see them because uh, Motor City Machine Guns, back in the TNA era... Was one of the best tag teams in the damn business. Oh, yeah, it really put their tag team uh, division on the map. And to me, 
they got a run at the tag team titles, but I always thought that they messed up trying to make them heels. Yeah. Because they clearly the crowd did not want to move these guys. They liked these guys, you know. It might have started off well with them being heels at first, but like when they joined the front line, like they were still acting like heels and I was just like, What the fuck? Like, you know, why don't y'all just be faces in this time? Like you well, know. well, maybe now with a different set of riders and different ownership, the Motor City Machine has to actually get a good shake this time around. Well, maybe, um, and they obviously did because right when they get back, the very next episode on Impact was the main event for the tag team versus the North, and uh, they won the tag team championships. Yeah, that they did. So, obviously, we're about to get a good run with the Motor City Machine Guns. Maybe, just maybe, everything will be better now with them. I, I think so. Well, it all it already was because it was trending worldwide. Yeah, like it was, it was Very true. Everyone was on. James Kitchens, like, posted it. And, like, I was just like, dude, I didn't even know you watched Impact Wrestling or anything. So he must have been watching it or something like that. Um, so it, it was great to see that. And then you also had the return of Eric Young. EY yeah. with his old theme music and everything. His theme music's really badass. It really is. It was good to see EY back in uh, Impact Wrestling because honestly, before he left, he was one of their major players. I mean, they tried to turn him into the next Daniel Bryan, but well, they did, and and I really thought that that was stupid. I like the fact that they gave him the world title. I didn't like the fact that. They, it, that, you know, they were trying to say, no, he's no Daniel Bryan. And then literally, you know, WWE Network did a special called Journey to WrestleMania with uh, Daniel Bryan. And then TNA posted a thing, Journey to the World title with <laughs> EY. Yeah. And that was when he had the, that was when yeah, he had the, the red beard. beard. Yeah. It just, I don't know, Back looking back at old Impact, old TNA, and some of the thought processes that went behind their writing, I think literally... That was when Dixie they, Carter was yeah, in charge. Yeah, Dixie Carter probably sat there looking at everything going, you know, WWE did this and it was popular, we could do it with this guy and it'll be even more popular, so let's just follow what they're doing and uh, see if anybody talks about it. Well, that clearly, like a lot of things she did, uh, did not work. And, uh, <laughs> so... But he is back, and he's doing the crazed maniac thing. I guess that's just his permanent well, gimmick works, now. It works great because he's going up against Eddie Edwards now, who is... Uh, I was about to say, Eddie Edwards won the championship. In a so, five-way match. And so it looks like they're going to start to, um, you know, it looks like they're going to start to really push that, or push Eddie again, which I'm all for. I love Eddie Tommy Edwards. Tommy Dreamer 2.0. I mean, I mean, you can say that, but I love Eddie Edwards. Always Eddie Edwards have. is a great talent, and, you know, put him against uh, Eric Young, that just makes for a great matchup. And the American Wolves were one of the best tag teams of all time Agreed. in any promotion. But, I do not give a fuck what it is. But that wasn't the only two debuts that took place in the That wasn't either. Um, we also had the Good Brothers yes. that uh, showed up. And we knew they were coming. Like, well, like, at midnight, they weren't really a shot. At midnight Saturday night, before Slammiversary even aired, 
they came online, their countdown had ended, and they made it known they were with Impact Wrestling. Yeah. And part of their deal is they get to also go to New Japan and work as well, which makes it even better. Well, that's going to be great. Um, I don't I don't know how much traveling, though, they're going to get done right now with that because, you know, borders are kind of closed. True. And, you know, you can't really do long-distance traveling like that. So I guess when things open back up, they'll be able to. Yeah, they'll work the American uh, circuit with New Japan. Right. But then uh, we also had, at the very end of the broadcast... You forgot one before you even hit him. Which one did I forget? He has kids. Oh, Heat Slayer, that's right. Not Heat Slayer, just Heat. Well, okay, he he didn't... But he didn't debut at Slam... Yes, he did yes, debut he did. at Slam Anniversary. He did. I forgot about that. I thought he debuted at Yeah, he come in and interfered in the no, matchup. No, uh, Brian Hawkins. Um, isn't that his name? What's his name? Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, well, I mean, now it's not, but Brian something debuted as well. Uh, at Impact. Yep. But uh, Heath showed up, interfered in the match at anniversary, goes backstage, and is reunited with Rhino, only to have Scott Demore tell him, you don't work here, you have to leave because of uh, social distancing and this is the close set. <laughs> And then, when he, kids, man. and then uh, Rhino tells him to show up at Impact. He'll take care of it. So when he shows up at Impact, he's not on the list. He tries calling Rhino, and <laughs> Rhino doesn't answer his phone. That's hilarious. It's funny. So they're actually doing something cool with Heath now, which is amazing. But now to your final. Ah, uh, yes, and he doesn't even do anything. He just turns around and throws the glass of liquor that he has or whatnot. And what is bad about that is when he... I was just like, God, I hope that glass didn't, like, you know, spring back out and, like, hit him or anything like that, because he threw the shit out of that thing. Yep. And he turns around, and it's E-C-3. And he now is controlling his own narrative, apparently. Yep, and it's still not technically signed with Impact. Of course not, but he <laughs> he's controlling his own narrative. Did you see the video that they posted, though, of him, like, walking, and he walks, like, somewhere, and he goes, like, he sets, like, one of those barrels on fire or stuff like that, and he was throwing some things in, and you were like, what the hell is he throwing in? It was all of his WWE shit. It had the WWE logo on it. It was turned upside down, though, or something like that. And I was just like, holy shit, like... (laughs) I hope you can get away with that. <laughs> well, it's another one of those uh, kind of like throwing the, the championship into the, the trash, uh, anything like that. It just It's a slap to WWE's face, and it's a narrative that you know EC3 had to make. And he had to make that statement to kind of free himself away from WWE and from that persona he had because if not... How could you go with this new persona that he's created for himself? Right. You know, he's in control of his own narrative. He's in control of his own destiny. He's speaking to the fans to control their destiny, control their path. And I really like this version of EC3. Well, I'm very excited about it. And the guy's going to show WWE that, hey, man, uh, if you just give me the mic, I can cut a goddamn promo. And on Impact, he actually came in and uh, took out Moose. Yes. The TNA world champion. Bruce. <laughs> Which, I, I'm still confused. 
Apparently, the TNA title is kind of like their United States Championship or their Television Championship. I don't really know. Like, well, I know they had plans. That one, to do, I'm still scratching my. I know head they over. had plans to do a big TNA reunion show. And I don't ever think that got off the ground because of the pandemic. Well, no, because they did do it kind of like, like, like they did it um, on Impact. And it just it showed up on Twitch or some shit. I, I don't remember exactly, but I do know that they somewhat did that, yes. But my thing is, is if you're going to have a TNA reunion, well, then bring back the six-sided ring. Yeah, and bring back all the other key players if you can. Well, obviously you can't because they are... Well, they're doing whatever. Well, this this begs the question, okay? And I actually had uh, talks with a couple people about this. Okay. You have the Good Brothers at Impact now. And you have AJ Styles at WWE, who is clearly frustrated with the way things are going. I guess he is, because um, he has not spoke kindly about the creative process, and he has not spoke kindly about Paul Heyman. Yeah, he really hates Paul Heyman, so... Who's to say that, you know, we know his contract will be uh, probably around WrestleMania time. I think he signed it, and uh, we're, we're nearing the end of his contract. I can see where you're going with this, and I know that that's been a talk for a while. Um, I disagree, because I believe that he, if anything, he just will not wrestle anymore. He probably is about to hang it up soon. I think he wants to have one matchup, which is with The Undertaker, in the ring. With Nine, fans. Yeah. So, I think he's holding on to that dream, and I bet you that's what they've got scheduled for WrestleMania. That they're just it like could be a possibility, but, but could you see AJ return to Impact, how big that would be? Just in a talking point. Well, it would be, obviously. It would help them. If anything, I would think he would go to AEW. Could be. Or he would go to... Well, you know, I don't know. AJ could go anywhere if he wanted to. I don't think he wants to, though. You know, obviously he's making the most money he's ever made in his life with WWE. True. Um, he probably he, he probably does not want to do traveling anymore. He's like, nah, you know, I got a new baby girl and everything like that, and, uh, you know, still got my sons. You know, he probably just wants to stay home now. Because remember when he had that long title run, it was his idea. He was like, hey, can y'all take this thing off me? Like, I have not seen my family, and I really, I care more about them than I do wrestling. Which is nothing wrong. With yeah. That. Um, but, I could see it, and it would be huge for Impact Wrestling. It would definitely put them back on the map. I, you know, I think Impact Wrestling has about as much shot right now as anybody because there seems to be decent people working there. Yeah. There seems to be decent people running it. Do they have the most outlandish ideas at times? Yeah, they do. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, if you can make it work, you can make it work. You can't, you can't, that's fine. That happens all the time at wrestling. At least, they don't try to pull out someone's eyeball. No. Or, maybe they have, I don't know. But, um, The only thing I can think of that was outlandish was them stabbing Abby in her disappearance. Oh, 
God damn it. I do. I remember about that. And I really wish they would have never done that. I don't know why they did but that. But since then, their, their writing staff and everything has changed. Well, I bet, because then they're, they were probably like, hey, we probably shouldn't do that again. Let's not do that. Let's yeah. let's actually give them something more believable or some shit. I don't know, but they clearly won the wrestling weekend. Um, I, I have not watched Slammiversary in full. I will more than likely do that. Um... I think around sometime this week I'm going to try yeah. to watch it or something like that and try to be able to talk about it more on next week's episode. But I did get to watch the Impact uh, show on Twitch. Like, I didn't watch it, obviously, on Access. I watched it on Twitch, uh, which is... That, to me, has been a saving grace. I bet you if I asked... You know, Impact Wrestling officials like, like, hey, how much has that Twitch thing impacted y'all? And, and they would probably be like, uh, a lot, because we were actually able to stay afloat because of that. Yeah, because at one point they didn't have a network to go to. No, they didn't. Until Anthem Sports actually bought out Access TV. That's right, and they were only on Twitch for a little bit there. Yep. They were just like... You know, even Pop got rid of them, which I'm sitting there just like, that's your, probably your highest rated show, even though no one can find it, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Like, I remember when I stayed at my cousin's apartment, that, like, I would wake up and there would, <coughs> there would be Impact Wrestling playing in the background. Like, one time I heard Pope losing his mind and I went, what? Sounds like wrestling. And I went, Oh shit! It's Impact Wrestling. Oh, pop. So, yeah, it, it, people still watch it. Yeah, but I mean, they 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 took it a step further. They got the Twitch stream. They've got their own channel on Pluto TV, which is a free streaming service. And they do have the Impact Plus. Yep. And, and it's still getting. It's getting. It's definitely getting some more views now because you know they started talking about it on the podcast and. Um, on Conrad's podcast, and people have been, like, doing watch-alongs and stuff like that. Yep. So, um, they've actually been getting some more views and stuff like that. So. Which is amazing. It is. So, um, we're seeing a resurgence of Impact Wrestling right as we speak. Well, you know, and, and here's the thing. On, on the next program, because I really don't have time in this program to do it, but on the next episode, next episode of SWN, I want to talk about TNA. And no, I'm not going to get into the discussion of Hulk Hogan and Bischoff. I could do that all day long. That's for another time. What I'm going to talk about, though, is the early days of TNA. And to really find out and to get your opinion, and we're going to have a discussion on if the name TNA was what held them back a little bit as well for so long. Because that's been heavily debated. Yeah. For reasons, obviously, we'll get into on another time. But as for right now, Impact Wrestling is really hitting a home run with with all of their signings. And it shows that when you've got those guys going to a place like Impact, then it shows other wrestlers like, oh, shit, that's a place I can go to work to. So they're going to try to get into that, which makes it more competitive. And I don't think Impact's done with signings either. I'm pretty sure they're not. I'm pretty sure that they've got more to come. And there's also going to be more to come because on uh, we're going to talk about AEW when we come back uh, in just a minute because they had some notable signings as well show up. 
and uh, we're going to talk about them. But that was Slammiversary. If you haven't seen it, go check it out right now. It's on the Fight Network. It's actually very easy access to get to it. And you can also, I, you might be able to get it on the uh, Impact app. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that one. But I do know you can get it on the Fight Network. So go and check that out. I, I as well, and we'll talk about it next week. But that's it, it for Impact right now. We'll be back with a word from TMB Studios. You're listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network. Hello, Internet. It's Chris Dickens. And have you ever considered going to a restaurant but wasn't sure about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their ease of access? Well, let me take the stress out of that by offering you the chance to listen to the newest podcast on TMB Studios called The Bite. On The Bite, yours truly goes to these restaurants in and around the nation and lets you know from my own first-hand experience about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their location's ease of access. And then you, the consumer, can make the decision on your own account listening for this podcast if the place is worth your time and your money. All you have to do is just tune in for brand new episodes of The Bite. It's worth the time, worth the patience, and ultimately... Worth your sanity. Check out the bite on TMB Studios. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoneball Wrestling Network, on TMB Studios. All right, we are back here on the Stoneball Wrestling Network, and before I lose my voice completely in this episode, uh, let's talk about some all elite wrestling because. Uh, they had the highest surge that they've had in a while yes. uh, this past Wednesday, and they had a pay-per-view quality uh, event, but they had some notable signings as well. Ricky Starks, obviously, we've talked yes. about him joining All Elite Wrestling. Well, guess who showed up to challenge Cody? Mr. Eddie fucking Kingston. The former leader of LAX and Impact. I'm not mistaken. Uh, he took it away from uh, Tony at one point. They had the battle between the two uh, LAXs. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't remember That's that. That's where I remember Eddie Kingston from. Oh, okay. I remember him more from Ring of Honor. Yeah. When he tagged up with uh, um, Roderick Strong. To, yeah. And they were in a blood-filled feud, but then like they teamed up against the common enemy, and it was actually a good storyline, which is something they need in WWE. But that's besides the point. Uh, but they had a bunch of stuff going on on this show, and uh, Darby Allen is back, and then as quickly as he's been back, he got gets injured again. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Starks came up behind him and blasted the shit out of him. And you could tell that it was all kind of messed up from that point because Moxley looked like he had to come in early. Yeah. Because he realized, oh, shit, he's out. <laughs> like He ran in with the barbed wire bat, like, really quick. He really did. And um, he's still doing the thing with Brian Cage, I guess. Um, yeah. And if Darby Allen can make it next week, I believe it's him and Moxley versus Starks and Cage. But if he can yeah. make it, I don't know if he can now. What would you think about Taz's promo as to why he threw in the towel during uh, Moxley and Cage's match? I see. I missed this. What, what did he say exactly? He said, and he said, and I quote, um, the man's arm was already torn up once. I guess it was his bicep. Mm-hmm. It was already torn once. He said, I didn't want to see it torn again. He said, I've had my 
my bicep torn. So I made a business decision. I stand behind my decision because I promise you, Moxley, it ain't going to happen again. Well, he still is one of the best promo people in the business, obviously. I'm not sure if you're Brian Cage, if you look at it from his perspective, is you know he going to accept that, but seems kind of like it because he's still with Taz and everything, and yep. why would you really go against Taz? And now we have uh, Ricky Starks with him, too. Apparently. That's so. going to be really interesting. Wow. Like I was just like, holy shit, that's going to be great. Yep. Um, then there was some other things that were notable. Uh, Eggman Adam Page, first of all, took on Alan Angels. And when I saw that, I was just like, oh, my God, Alan Angels. I was literally training with him at WWA4. Which is uh, another amazing thing. So that was, I mean, that's insane to see him in that position. And mm -hmm. he is five. He is Alan Five Angels. He's the number fifth member in the Dark Order and stuff like that. And... He lost, so that's probably not good. Now, here is the thing, okay? I must have missed something. When did Colt Cabana join? There was moments uh, a few weeks prior where Colt Cabana was actually going up against uh, Sonny Kiss and uh, Sonny Kiss's uh, tag partner. I um, can't remember dude's name. but I don't remember either. But, but anyway, um, he was actually teaming up with the exalted one and they actually helped him uh win some matches and watched his back so um i didn't see the exact moment where he joined but i i do believe that that's what transpired that he decided to join because they kept him kept him protected and helped him win matches all right so, well <laughs> interesting and, and it's the same offer uh they made to him that they actually made to Adam Page. Page, and what's interesting about this was the was FTR came out to save him, and then Kenny Omega was late, so clearly it looks like we're planning for an Omega heel turn. That's what I'm seeing in the future, and I've been seeing that for a while who's, now. Who's to say Kenny Omega doesn't become part of the Dark Order? And take on that sweeper role. And that might be. And who knows, maybe the exalted one doesn't mean the leader. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe. It's me, Austin. No, I'm just playing. Oh, God, <laughs> please. But I do like how FTR came in and interfered. They had a big styrofoam cooler full of beer. <laughs> and they handed him a beer, and, and he was just like, okay. But they, like, smashed, <laughs> it, they smashed it over all these disciples. <laughs> It, it so was funny. It was interesting. I'll say that, and that sets up an interesting matchup because I believe, or I don't know if this is next week or if, or maybe I saw this somewhere else, or but maybe I think it might be Hangman Page and Kenny versus the FTR or something like that. Something like, I don't know. I I can't remember exactly, but uh, I do know it's going to be on the next Dynamite. It's a ten man tag. It is the best friends, Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And then it is uh, the inner circle. Chris Jericho, Santana and Ortiz, um, and I believe Jake Hager as well. And then the returning Sammy Guevara. He showed up. And I knew when the, when the mascot jumped in, I was just like, that ain't. That ain't that guy. That's Sammy. It's got to be Sammy. Especially when I saw the shooting star press. I'm like, yeah, that's Sammy. 
So he took it off, and uh, so apparently he served his suspension. And um, Tony Khan even commented, he said he served his suspension, he you know paid his dues and everything like that, and he took sensitivity training and everything like that. So, and that's what I like about Tony Khan. You know, if you look at the things that happen with WWE, if somebody does something like that, instead of you know having to talk with them and have them you know serve a suspension or whatever, you just erase them from fucking history. Yeah, you know, Tony Khan at least like okay, you've got to do something. I'm, I'm gonna suspend you for thirty days. Go take some sensitivity training, and then if everything works out, I'll bring you back in. We're not going to erase your history. We're not going to erase what you did. We're not going to treat you like Vince McMahon or anybody else in the WWE treats their superstars when they do something. Yeah, we're wrong. not going to David Schultz you or something <laughs> like that. Like I don't know. No, I mean he did. He did right. He did right by his talent, and he did. He did the honorable thing. So. I mean, well, again, and, you know, he has dealt with NFL players. I, I mean, that's basically what he would do with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's how you got to treat it because they're, they're, instead of treating them like, you know, actors or entertainers, you, you, you treat them like you would. They're, they're sports guys. They are athletes. Yep. So they they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do things that are wrong. Are they always going to be morally correct? No. Are they always? And, I mean, be, it wasn't a recent thing. Like it was a past. No, it was a past thing. thing. So he had to do something, and he but, made the right decision. You know, and and it, it did create you know some buzz, and, and it was the wrong type and everything like that. And it was it was bad what he said. So I'm glad that he did. You know, he paid for it, but you know, and so did Darby Allen. Yeah, Darby Allen got accused. He sorted his shit out, and um. It was like, okay, come back now and stuff like that. And so, now you're on injury leave. Well, yeah, I mean, that's because he took that shot. And I, I don't think he, I don't think he was expecting how hard he was to hit him or something like that. I don't know. But he just went right into the ropes. And you could tell he was out. Like, it was just yeah. all fun. So, you know, but AEW right now is still continuing to kill it, and I'm sure they're not done with the signings as well. I'm sure they've got people that are about to show up as well. Yeah, we've got a lot of people who are free agents right now who could go either way. It's so, going to be very interesting. It's going to be very I mean, interesting. We've still got two talents out there. One, I'm really looking forward to see where he goes. The other one, I, I don't care where she lands. Well, I'm also curious to see how far they're going to push Orange Cassidy right now. Because, Jesus Christ, Orange Cassidy is like... Well, that's because his life. match with Jericho was bad fucking ass. And Jericho did what he always does. Better than anyone. Put someone over. Agreed. If you can't get over with a match with Chris Jericho, you do not deserve to be in this business. Agreed again. Because he was able to get Fandango over the very next night no one gave a fuck about fandango and then he was at in the ring with jericho at mania you know he pins him or whatnot and then the very next night people were dancing it might have been because they were drunk and everything like that but they were they were doing that shit and it was because jericho did his job yeah exactly and that's, that's when you know you got a great talent on your hands. If they can push somebody to the moon. But he doesn't have such an ego about him that he won't put people over. Agreed. And that's what I like about Chris Jericho. That's why he is the GOAT. Yeah. 
He really is. And he even talks about it. You know, he's like, at first, I hated that Orange Cassidy. This guy will never get over. You know, I don't get it and everything like that. And then, as he saw more of it, he went, okay, I get it. And then he saw, like, how it got over. I knew Orange Cassidy was over when he did the little spot in Atlanta. And he just showed up in the Battle Royal and stopped Trent from going over and just, like, did his pose and everything. The crowd went fucking nuts when oh, he yeah. showed up. It was amazing. Um, and, you know, hopefully he'll get even bigger when we see crowds form again and stuff like that, if ever, at this point. But... Yeah, uh, AEW still got a lot going on. They've got an awesome-looking card uh, next week, and they also got a really good stacked AEW Dark. I mean, good Lord, who knew Dark matches were good? That's Our boy is going to be on Dark. Which one? Pineapple Pete! Oh, yeah, that's right. Pineapple Pete's returning. Sugar Duncanson, Sugar D, is going to be back on AEW, so I'm happy for him. I'm happy for anyone who is getting an opportunity right now with AEW. It's great. I hope NWA, I hope MLW, New Japan is still doing stuff. Evil made a big splash over the weekend. Well, not the weekend, but um, last weekend. Yes. Something like that. He made a big splash as well. Like, people were talking about that. So, obviously, people want something different and stuff like that. And speaking of different... Well, there was a different type of promotion that was on MTV back in the day, which we have been covering right here on the SWM Podcast, and we're going to do it again. It's part three coming up next of WSX. It's a watch-along, so get ready for it. Have some fun. I know we will. It's going to be great. Come on back with us. It's the Snowball Wrestling Network exclusively here on TMB Studios. I'm begging you, don't pull that trigger. Don't ever tell the Marines to pull that trigger! Hey, I'm Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard, and as United States Marines, we all love to shoot! And we're going to do it right here on the Wrestling Shootout. We are going to shoot on all things professional wrestling. I will have every single guest to come to my show. We're going to shoot now if it's WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't care if it's the IWE, or Pro, or even UCW. Well, we're going to get into that, too. Whether they come back or don't come back. Or even, where the hell are we going to shoot about WECCW? Wait, I know they're not there anymore. But anyways, on the brand new season of the Wrestling Shootout, anytime comes to my damn show, lock on and let's back up. Let's get ready to shoot, baby. I ain't holding back. And you never told Marine to pull that trigger. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoball Wrestling Network. On TMB Studios. Alright, we are back here on the Stoval Wrestling Network podcast, the SWN, right here exclusively on TMB Studios. And it is now time for part three. That's right, part three. Three. Of WSX Wrestling Society X. It is episode three uh, in this. 10-part series of yes. WSX Wrestling Society X that, of course, aired on MTV. And, you know, I used to think that some of this was ridiculous, but nah, I guess it just doesn't matter anymore. As, as <laughs> Not after everything we've done witness this week. Yeah. Anyways, 
So, alright, let's get ready for some Wrestling Society X, Mr. TMB Studios. I'll let you do the honor. Alright, folks, just like before, go to YouTube.com, type in Wrestling Society X in the search bar, and your first result will be a playlist. Go to Episode 3, which aired on February 13, 2007, and we will begin to play in 3, 2, 1. There's that intro you love so much. Well, I mean, I like it because it fits with, you know, the type of program and everything like that. It fits with what they're trying to do. It does. Sparta. You ever heard of them? Actually, I was just about to say, I don't think I remember or have ever heard of them. <laughs> I'm not sure what song that they came up. There he is, Chris Gloss. What do you think of Brad Ertz? Ugh. Okay, I'll take that as a you did not like it. <laughs> he is what he is. And last week, this was this was an awesome matchup. I don't care what anyone says. It was, including the exploding coffin. And then, look at that shot. That is awesome. That is an awesome shot. Oh, wait. Let's listen to what he has to say. Oh, half my life. The blood and the flesh being ripped from my body. I could feel it. The WSX title is my life. I'm so high, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so, did they get the guy who uh, directed The Crow to produce this vignette? If they did, give him an Academy Award? Yeah. They probably paid him in a line of coke. Look at it. It looks really cool. I'm gonna give it that. You are talking over the whole thing. Thank you, Chris Gloss. Anyways, so, yeah, you just heard Vampiro there. And, uh, that was really good. I liked it, at least. Oh, wait a minute. My favorite, my favorite guy. Kicking beatdowns. ICP in the house. Well, the shirt at least. Wait, for real? No, it was the shirt. Okay. You know what I found out recently, even going back and looking at the history of WSX? What? Was that um, M Dog 20 was actually in charge of some of the uh, production of this? Was he really? Yeah. I didn't even How'd know that. How'd you find that out? Uh, reading up, somebody was talking about it on uh, Xbox Podcast. Okay. And uh, they, they discussed it. The Trailer Park Boys. That's interesting. And their opponents from the Mean Street of Cleveland, Ohio. M mean Streets of Cleveland? Yeah. You know, just ask LeBron James. <laughs> Too soon. How's it? You. I'm not even just gonna comment on that, folks. But here they come. In, where in the fuck are they coming from? I don't know. The it's like a fireman entrance. Like Matt it's Cross just, and Tony Hart. 
He just like slid down on a no. That the so environment's that means interest that was actually a great be No psychology in this matchup whatsoever. No, it's all gonna be spot after spot after spot. And you have to do that when you only have like three minute matches. Well, I mean that's true. That was the only, that was another problem with WSX that people had with the matches were just too sporadic. They were just too fast. Mm -hmm. Like you can't like it's all about selling anyways. You like that's what draws the people into the fight. Yeah, if we, you just see a bunch of you know moves. Ooh. Ow. Tree of woe. The other thing I found out was is that it was actually the network who decided that they wanted all the big explosions and everything involved with it. I mean, I don't have a problem with it, you know. They didn't want, here's the thing though, they, they didn't understand wrestling. They wanted more explosions and big time moves. They didn't want wrestling matches and psychology. Well, then that's their loss. And then it's again, it's another example as to why there are so many wrestling promotions that cannot get on TV. Maybe TV's not as prominent as it once was, but it still carries a lot of weight. Especially, if, like, Netflix. Like, I, I look at Netflix, Teddy. and they can do... Oh! Big flying... That's that's classic Teddy Hart right mm -hmm. there. There goes M-Dog. So obviously, M-Dog's about to be... Wee! Oh, my God. Screw. Just like he used to do back in his backyard days. Yeah, M-Dog, I said it. But yeah, at least he, he has come a very, very long, long way. way yes, a very, very long way. Very long way. But he was prominent back then too. You saw a star. It didn't matter. Boom! Oh, good God! Those, <laughs> he put the he put the feet straight up. <laughs> I would put the knees up. I do like how they have the picture in picture with the reactions from the announce team. That's pretty good. You oh, know, nice double drop kick! It's just. I don't know how big a fan of wrestling Sparta is. I mean, like, he was naming off, like, Dusty Rhodes there and stuff like that. But I don't know how, like, of a current fan he was at that time. That was nice. Well, that's Tiger Driver, a.k.a. the Canadian Destroyer. With a tiger. <laughs> here comes him, Doug. And here we go. Oh, nice. Him, Doug, 20 inches. So and here was the thing, these two could have made like like a really big run as a badass tag team on this show. They could have, if they were given the time and opportunity. But here we go again oh, with wait the minute. stuff what that MTV this? wanted. <laughs> it's like, let's just electrocute the wrestler. Yeah. And then what are we going to do? We're going to pour alcohol on it. What is that? Is that alcohol or is that No, fluid? that's water. Because what happens when they like... Wait, 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 wait. Let's hear it. Now goes Teddy Hart up the stairs. Did you hear it? Jesus! All that! I don't... What did I just see? I don't know. What did I just see? I can't even... I'm, I'm as speechless as I was in Extreme Rules. Like, what the fuck? What did I just see? I'm just curious. He just electrocuted the motherfucker. <laughs> Not he once, twice. Yes, and he literally put water on him. The guy should be dead. He should be. 
But that's just that's what MTV wanted. It wasn't what the guys who created this wanted. Well, they uh, wanted are you kidding me? wrestling. I thought that this was the like. I thought these were the same guys that did XPW. Yeah, but the guys who approached this wanted something different in mind, and MTV added in all this extra hype stuff because that's what they thought people wanted to see. And then when it didn't turn out that way, let's can it. That's what they did. That's bullshit. They didn't even air the last few episodes. But see, this again. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Watch. What's, up, What's wrong, man? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong is that your ass keeps getting me in trouble? You need acting lessons. You're worried about the malasitas and cervezas that you never got my back. And where are you when I need you? I get electrocuted. You trying to make it up to me by jumping Luke? I need to come save your ass. And what does it get me? Kick to the teeth to a table. That hurts. Just relax, have a cerveza, okay? Look, you don't think I care about you? You don't think I care that you got hurt? You think all I care about is mamacitas and cervezas? I got an idea. I got an idea how we get some payback on those bastards. Me, you, Luke, and Alcatraz in a TLC match. <laughs> Tables, ladders, and cervezas. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Tables, ladders, and cervezas. <laughs> we can't Clever. get sued. Clever. Let's not get sued. Clever. 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 That actually looks like you when you started wrestling. <laughs> oh, you butt fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you dressed like when you went and did that one show for that one guy? That is definitely not how I dress. No, you were dressed like a Clemson Tiger. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I didn't have orange on, you fucking. I don't know what you had on. All I know is you were wearing a mask, and that's what you were I was. Oh, god damn it. I know what you're talking about. I had to think about Look, that even, for a minute. Even, I blocked that out of my mind for a fucking reason. <laughs> I want you to do park on me. <laughs> And now he gets to relive it right here on Wrestling Society X. <laughs> this is what uh, the assassin was doing before uh, churches in the back alley of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he wrestling? It looks like that does look like Justin Springfield. <laughs> it's Jack Evans. It's Jack Evans. Okay, but I'm just saying. You know, this was before he met in Helico. Thank God. Hey, Jack Evans, you know, he was over at one point. I thought, I mean, I don't know how over he was in Ring of Honor or anything. It seemed like he was pretty over. And then, like, they had some big plans for him in WSX. You could tell. Yeah, they really wanted to push him to the moon. Because they knew an MTV crowd will fucking... What was that? That woman. That's okay. what she said. <laughs> Oh, almost got him. But here's the thing: like, like I believe the MTV crowd was going to accept the character like Jack Evans because he just he looked like 
you know, and he looked like that generation. Exactly. Uh, so like their, he, their got, he really fit in uh, with the MTV crowd. So and imagine like if they could have like combined this with like TRL and had like guest appearances on or some shit like See, that. That would have like, been cool. They didn't realize what they had. They they overhyped it, oversaturated it with bullshit. Oh, nice knee. They had a two count by the mechanic. Jack I Evans. still love Chris Claus. I don't care what he looks Yeah, like. but except when they put the camera on him, he doesn't look too excited. He's got this, like, stiff Well, he's look probably his face. trying to be like, I have no idea where we're going with this. Wasn't I just in uh, XPW, like, not too long ago? I wonder what he's doing these days if he's doing anything. I don't like. know. That's something we need to look up and have that info next week. Oh, that's tonight. I thought this was next uh, next episode, but it's up next. Tables, ladders, and services. We'll see. They had that on um, WSX.MTV.com. They used to show extra stuff online. Yeah. No, it's not an extra. That's coming up next. No, I'm saying that what they showed the promo was an extra thing that they showed on uh, the MTV. Oh, yeah, website. last week. Who the heck is that? That would be one Colt Cabana, or he actually, and he's done this character before, this wasn't a WSX thing, but yeah. So before Colt Cabana became like a household icon for the independents, this is where he pretty much... Well, to be fair, he was doing the Colt Cabana thing in ROH and shit like that. Yeah, but he wasn't, like, huge. No, absolutely not. Not, not this time, no. He was, he was Matt Classic, and this wasn't a WSX thing. Like, like he legit came up with this character. He, he only did it at a few independents, I think. But then, you know, they were like, that's hilarious. Use like that. Chris Claus talking to him about, about Matt Classic. Like he was uh, Captain America or something. Probably. Turn this guy up. I just like how oh they look at look at how they did it. They didn't even try. They literally took a case of Budweiser and white duct tape and put WSX. I see that. Like I'm just like, what where the, the hell fuck? did they just come from? A meat packing cooler? I don't know. That's what that looked like. The romper stopper is their signature move. I don't know. You're going to love editing this show this week. Oh, I'm really going to love it. It's going to be fun. California. They love the nightlife. And they love the mommies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They love the mommies. And they come from the same meatpacking cooler. <laughs> Los Pachos Guapos. Los Pochos Guapos. I don't know who came up with that, but all right. Now, hey, I, now here's the thing. I like chaos. 
Chaos is really good. Oh, we're starting off early. Oh, good God, that was vicious to the face. So it's Luke Hawks. You know who Luke Hawks is. Yes. And I don't. I don't know who that guy is with him, but. All I know is, is I see a ladder in play. And here we go. And you know, somewhere in here, there's going to be some type of explosion or something. I don't oh, know. Maybe not. Face. I don't know. Maybe not in this one because uh, it's not really an explosion type match. I don't know. You would think a casket wouldn't have explosions in it either. And somehow it blew up last week. Well, that's Vampiro. <laughs> Wait, I wait, wait. I don't fucking know. What's he doing? Well, see, that's not good partnership right yep, there. That is definitely not good partnership. Wait, wait, wait. There he's going. They already mommies. Yeah, they already wanted to fucking... Oh, my God! See, I told you, Chaos is really good. He was he was actually like a bright spot in XPW, if there were any. But he, he, he could actually put on a good match. And I also had a pretty good look. I wonder if he ever had like... Oh! Jesus. And you know, that's fucking uh, Jesus from, uh, from the WWE. Yeah. He was Kurt Angle's bodyguard, I think it was. No, yeah. Carlito's. Carlito's Carlito. bodyguard. When Carlito had that feud with Don't Cena. Don't look too interested, Chris Gloss. Sitting there licking your lips like you're looking at a McDonald's bag. You are just... Are, hey, I'm just noticing things. I'm sorry. But he went for it, but he got... Oh, Imagine you don't notice when it's going on. Never mind. Hey, watch your mouth. Yeah! <laughs> oh, nice. This match is just... One spot after yeah, another. Definitely. What we got here? He's another. like, turn around, you motherfucker! <laughs> up, up, and boom! Oh! Could have broken neck. And I would not trust the medical staff on this shit. Alright. What we got going on here? Whoa! So, obviously, you know, had they, like, done, like, a second season or some shit, then they would have, like, tried to do, like, a feud with these two, obviously. Yeah, most definitely. Um, here we go. Powerbomb him onto the Cervezas. Oh! Face first. Is he bleeding? Is there blood? Uh, I can't tell, to be quite honest. I think so, yeah. Yeah, this blood. Yep, there's definitely blood. And of course, he's blonde, so it bleeds a lot better. Alright, so, that was your main event. Tables, ladders, and surfaces. And subs. Sub sandwiches! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it is Subway, so that's definitely product placement. Well, then, uh, they're eating fresh. <laughs> Alright, so that was the end of episode 3, WSX. That was a bit interesting. It was interesting, <laughs> and this one wasn't that great to me.
Well, I don't know. Some of that shit. That electrocution spot the first match was something else. That was hilarious. But what like, can you do after like, that? Like, I'm just kind of curious of the psychology behind that. How do you discuss that when you're planning a match? All right, we're going to work our way to the outside. If we're at a table spot, I'm going to electrocute you not once but twice with this big-ass right. cord. Right. I, it's just... Don't and worry, I, you're and safe. And then Klaus's reaction, it was just great. It, it was like a combination of, uh, of uh, what, let's see, uh, fuck. I would say Jim Cornette and Joey Styles mixed together. <laughs> I don't know, it was... Oh my uh, god, he fucked him up! <laughs> oh lord. But... That's pro wrestling! Yeah, right. <laughs> Cornette, when he saw this, probably lost his mind with this shit as well. He I probably mean, did. Look, if there were podcasts back then, it would have been I don't care. Hilarious. This was, uh, that was entertaining. That was. It, it, it just, it was funny. I, the TLC, I thought, was ridiculous. I was like, I was like, really? Yeah. But, okay, I get nice, it, I Nice, nice, creative way to not get sued by WWE, who yeah, holds that right. copyright. Um, clearly they want to push Jack Evans to the moon and this shit and everything like that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk more about WSX on next week's program because we're going to episode four. Yes. And we'll, we will be continuing along. Again, we're going through all ten episodes, all right? All ten episodes, and then afterwards we'll come up with something else uh, for everyone to watch and everything like that. But that was WSX, and we will be right back. With after a word from TMB Studios, you're listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network SWM Podcast. It's Morphin Time! Hey folks, it's me, Caleb Stovall here, and I am not here to talk about wrestling. I am here to talk to you about my brand new podcast called Power Rangers Go. That's right, it's going to be all about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And not just Mighty Morphin, but all Power Rangers. We're going to go through the entire Power Rangers universe. And by we, I'm going to be joined by my co-host each and every single week, the ace of everything superhero homie Q, Quentin Ficklin, will join me right here to discuss everything Power Rangers right here exclusively on TMB Studios. I can't wait and may the power protect you all. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TMB Studios. Alright, we are back here on the Stoball Wrestling Network exclusively here on TMB Studios and Chris Man. Oh, I think it is about that time, my friend. It's about that time because Mr. Stovall over here is about out of a voice, and uh, I've got to make sure he has a voice for next week's episode. So if he keeps screaming, uh, I'll have to put somebody else in his place. And I don't want to do that because I like ratings. Yeah. And Spotify (laughs) needs to pay me money. (laughs) We need that Joe Rogan deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyways, but yeah, man. Uh, Well, I mean, this was fun. It and was I got a lot off my chest about that eye for an eye shit. That Sorry, you did. Folks. Sorry, folks. It's the way I feel, you, you know, if you don't like it, don't listen to it. That's all I can no, say. No, keep listening. Just, just understand that that's the way he feels. Okay. Tell anybody not to listen. I need okay, money. Got to do some advertising spots. Okay. 
said, anyway, uh, blue chip. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think you went harder than they did. Oh, Alright, I'm just going to end it now. I'm coming back. Thank you. That was, uh, I thought we could say a little more football. Chat me up. Anyways, uh, but yeah, that is it for this week on the Snowball Wrestling Network. Please join us next time for a brand new episode. But until then, he is Mr. Steve Studios, first mother epic figure. And I am your host, Caleb Snowball. Peace out, everyone, and happy wrestling.